Louisiana. Murder on the beat. Alright, welcome to Inside the Loop. Today is July 1st, 2020, and we're back at it again with an awesome human being. He's an H-Town guy, so he plays right to our advantage. Jared, we've been talking for a while already. What's the rap? What do you got? The rap is, if you're a college pitcher or a pitcher in general, you're in the right spot and you're listening to the right podcast because you're about to learn a lot. Yeah, Jared's mind is absolutely blown. So if Jared doesn't talk too much, you know because he's just staring right at Daniel. <laughs> trying to remember everything he's saying. I need a pen and a pad. I need, literally, literally need a pen and a pad right now. Just like You've learned more slider, here than slider. you have Heater. in like your last year. Literally. Last three oh, years of college. Dude, ball. yeah. Are you kidding me? All right. We're going to jump into it. I'm going to give... Uh, I guess we've already said his name. All right. His this name's Daniel, but here's his intro. <laughs> to my right is one of the most electric characters in Major League Baseball. If you haven't heard his name, you've definitely seen the mustache. This man is from none other than Houston, Texas, where he was probably one of the most athletic kids in the state. He attended Westside High School, which is where I officially met him when he threw a 96 mile an hour fastball behind my back to welcome me to the batter's box. After receiving every honor you can get as a high school athlete, he went on to play college baseball at Texas A&M. At A&M, he just about did it all as a pitcher, a DH, and an outfielder. He also found himself playing on the USA Collegiate team where he repped the red, white, and blue for a summer. After college, he was drafted in the fourth round by the Houston Astros where he spent his first couple seasons before being traded to the Oakland Athletics. He made his Major League debut on June 11, 2016 and later received his first win on June 27th. He still plays for the Athletics where he has blessed the league with his awesome facial hair and his unique windup. We welcome none other than Daniel Mingdon. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. That was a great intro. I wasn't expecting that. That was oh, awesome. Dude, intro's go off. Tucker goes wow, off. Hey, man, I, I was, that was awesome. That was 10. 10 out of 10 right there. Dude, I had, and I actually I think that was my first flawless one. I never that was did flawless. not stutter. No stutters, no mess ups. Okay, so I think we've broken the ice already. As soon as we walked in, we're talking baseball. We've watched a whole year of uh, a video. <laughs> Jared's drooling from his mouth. But we, all, we, we have a few off topic questions that we kind of that we do break the ice with i think i think we'll get some good answers uh i always started off with is there a certain bedtime or morning routine that you you go by and maybe as a baseball player a very routine based person maybe you do have something that's interesting um well for me especially with kind of the lockdown and everything we've been in i've I'm I'm also very routine oriented. I probably would have this routine anyway, so I'm why I said that. But yeah, I do, I'm pretty routine oriented, I guess. Um, every morning, I'm, whenever I wake up, I take you know, I always have my little morning. I have a little morning you know greens probiotic drink. I take take my morning vitamins. I'll get my pre workout and get everything ready for the day. Go work out. Go do whatever I do. You know, come home. Always making. I make a protein shake based about every day when I get home. Either making lunch or maybe bring something with me. Um, then from there, day kind of opens up to pretty much anything. But I would say just about every morning, that's been me for the past uh, 90 days. <laughs> Dude, like down to a T. He's like, this is what I do here, 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 here. Jared, I... what time do you wake up? Uh, it varies. Kind of like When we were going early on, probably every morning at 8 a.m. Just to be out of the house by 8.45 to go lift at 9. So just right around usually, I'd say 8 to 9. And then today you had live ABs? Yeah, today we did live ABs um, at like noon today, so I got to sleep in a little bit extra. But I mean, same same routine rolled in, just sitting on the couch and just enjoying a coffee maybe this time. How'd you do? Pretty good. Uh, you know, just not not really looking at 
success at the time. Uh, right now, just trying to hope the arm feels good, you know, coming off the elbow surgery and everything. So mm. for me more so, it's just kind of feel good, hope every pitch come out of my hand good, and hope just slowly figure out the timing and, you know, hopefully I'll be timed up whenever we get timed up at baseball. Awesome. So if we started tomorrow, you're like, you're ready to roll. Oh yeah, ready to roll, ready to rock. What about if something crazy happens and you gotta you gotta play on an NBA team for a week. Um, do you think you could help facilitate the Lakers' offense? <laughs> Man, so I would like to consider myself a poor man's Patrick Beverly. Okay, so you're I'm, Mr. Ninety Four Feet. Oh yeah, I'm I'm the scrappy guy. I'm okay. gonna be in your face because I know I suck. Right. So I'm not saying Patrick Beverly sucks. By the way, I love you. If you ever watch this, um, think he's great. He's I'll, one of I'll, our. Um, yeah. Biggest fans, actually. Really? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, awesome. No, but I'm saying I was a big Pat Bev fan. I was really sad when he left the Rockets. But oh, no, I would just kind of see myself on the basketball court. I can't shoot. Honestly, I can't really score anyways, to be frankly honest. I'll hit a three here and there. Okay. So, like, I'm either, like, either a poor man's Pat Bev or, like, kind of like a poor man's Sean Marion just trying to play hardcore defense, like, in your grill. That's much so, needed. So Dude, I, I don't know. Off me. I don't know if I would be able to do the facilitating part because, okay. again, the dribbling is going to be my attribute level is probably, like, a 25 okay. on that. So <laughs> can't really dribble either. So I'm more so just I'm going to throw mean, mean picks and just try to just – I guess I'll – I would say I guess I'd probably be a decent facilitator, but I mean they're big. I'd just be like, hey, hey, LeBron, you're open. Yeah, take it. So he's a selfless man on the court. So if if the Lakers, so if you're running point guard for the Lakers oh, no. and you're matched up against the Clippers, who are you? Are you? Can you guard Leonard, Paul George on a switch or anything like that? Or I feel like Daniel's running through picks. <laughs> Like I mean, nothing stopping him. I mean, I'm gonna try to run through that pick, but I mean, I better have my ankles taped really tight. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to see where you were at with on the basketball life. All right, this is super random. As I, random as what I just said? Uh, kinda. Sorry, I need to not speak with water in my mouth. Keep going. This is actually the first time I wrote this this one down. We haven't asked this one to anybody okay. else. Do you have any monthly subscriptions to anything? That is a good monthly question. subscriptions. Ooh. I have a few. I mean, Whoop Band right here on my wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a wine, I guess like a wine club thing. I okay. That's neat. Um, I think my mom has that. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they give you like, it's it's on, overall it's cheaper. Like they, they send you the wine. It's, you know, it's it's cheaper overall. And you buy it like, in, I guess, wholesale, I guess. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know how it works. But it, overall it's cheaper. They say that. So I don't know. Okay, wait. On three, everyone say your favorite brand of wine. Okay. Oh wait, so we're hold gonna, on. We're gonna oh, go geez. one, two, three, and then say it. Okay. Oh no. Um, <laughs> oh man. I already know. I already know what it's gonna say. <laughs> I'm just gonna. So, you have it. You have it. Yeah, we'll go for it. All right, All right ready? Three, two, two one. Savion Blanc. <laughs> Sorry, that was like an inside joke. I don't what, know. Why. What did you say, Daniel? Oh, I was I would go just a plain cabernet. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you ever order the house cab? Is that in? Do you ever say I'll just take the house cab? I mean, I would. I don't. I wouldn't say house cab. I'd look and I'll, I'll look at the three or four cabs and I'll just be like, give me the uh, whatever the, the duck horn cab. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm it's not in that. It, well, I mean, if you really look at wine, they, they upcharge and it's so expensive at restaurants. Yeah. It's kind of a joke. Wow, I love that answer. Well, that was, that was I was great not answer. expecting it was a great a professional answer. Jared, uh, give the classic Birch question. Um, 
Daniel, is there anybody, we kind of say living or dead, but mostly living, that you would really enjoy to one, hang out with or go get lunch with? Living or dead? Living or dead. Well, I didn't know. Did you say that or is you, it just living? It, it's changed it, every it, podcast. It's changed every podcast. You could do dead and living or only dead or only living. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll just shoot one or two from each side maybe. Okay. Um... Maybe go with like a JFK. I feel like okay, that's really so, cool. You know, maybe in our like uh, uh, Nikola Tesla. Okay. I guess those would be the two dead ones. But living, let's see. Did Nikola Tesla invent time travel? Maybe. I, th- I think he. Hmm. I don't know. There's been like conspiracy theories of Nikola Tesla coming back in the future. Have you have you heard of those? Yeah. So like, I mean, there's always going to be conspiracy theories, but yeah, there's I mean, there's so much on Tesla. I mean, he was yeah. just a super. I just want to talk. Just like I said, have lunch, talk to the super genius, and just right. see what it's. I don't know, just talk to him. I'm trying to think. I mean, living. I, I mean, I thought there's anybody cool out there, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, text, text. I mean, yeah. I mean, not not just that. I mean, like, I guess I'd say. Just stick to Texas. Like, I mean, Dan Crenshaw is pretty cool. I'd like to meet him probably. I mean, I know he goes up to those schools up there all the time, but I mean, Dan Crenshaw would probably be a guy I could sit down with. I think he could be a president one day. Okay, Dan Crenshaw, correct me if I'm wrong. Does he wear an eye patch? Yeah, it's the eye patch. Guy. Okay, it's the, okay. He wears an eye patch and he used to be a, a Marine? No, a SEAL. A Navy SEAL. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. telling you, he's, he's all around just the complete package. Awesome. I need to look into Dan Crenshaw because I hear that a lot from smart yeah. people. I hear Dan Crenshaw. Well, Dan Crenshaw too, he's really good. He doesn't take a side. He'll okay. hit you very like objectively and hit you with reason, but he's never going to sit. He's not going to lean one way or the other. Okay. Okay. Cole hit this one uh, on me. Says you're a gamer. Video games. You're big video game guy? I mean, I wouldn't consider myself elite or good at video games. I play a lot of video games with my friends. And again, (laughs) I would like to consider myself a role player in video games. Like I would say I'm good, but I'm not gonna be that guy that's carrying the team. A facilitator? So yeah, you're a facilitator. (laughs) I mean, I guess, yeah. What do you play? Um, You know, I played Fortnite for a while. It kind of got off of it. The building got way too out of hand for me. I couldn't handle that and they got way too much. So it kind of got off Fortnite. Then crushing, we've already crushed 2K, 2K FIFA. Um, You know, I love Rocket League. Uh, not a lot of people play Rocket League, but I love it. Um, don't know if y'all played it, but y'all should. Jared, oh, trust me. Okay. I could explode right now, Daniel. But, okay. But <laughs> you know, we'll ta- okay. take up the next hour oh, talking yeah, about yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can talk about it. That's why I'm here. So I make sure that. Oh, dude. Rocket you know, League is sick. We'll keep going, Daniel. Yeah. So I said, like, I mean, a little bit of Call of Duty, Apex. I mean, I played Call of Duty my whole life. Like every single Call of Duty for the longest time. I think I played every single campaign. And I don't know if people actually played the campaign, but all the campaigns lined up for a long time and they were super sick so if people actually like played the campaigns uh from the first call of duty i mean like call of duty one two three when they were still you know crappy and we didn't even play online with them yet until call of duty four and but i'm telling you all those campaigns like like lined up and they were so sick like the snipes you get to like snipe like hire like you like all sorts of cool missions and i mean like you were like getting double crossed each which way like (laughs) you thought you were killing one dude and then like he ends up being alive later like the whole like i will say like i know a lot of people always talk crap to me like you play a campaign you're a loser (laughs) the campaigns are sick and i hope people actually play the campaigns because they're all pretty sick all in on the 
story. What about Nazi zombies? You ever read oh, Nazi zombies? I mean, Nazi zombies in high school was played. I at least Dude. I logged maybe a thousand hours. I spent <laughs> so much maybe, time. I don't know if I can even look at the hours played, but if there's a way to look at my Activision account on zombies with my three or four buddies, I guarantee you had your squad too. Oh, big time. I mean, and there was always that one guy that ruined it for everybody. Yeah, I know the guy oh that was always God. down. Hey, can oh. you come revive me? What was his name? Um, my I think mine was either Ryan or Sam. Oh, my, Blake. 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 <laughs> All of a sudden, Blake just goes quiet. Blake, are you down? Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> you don't want to admit I know. That's why you got to get that quick that's, Remember that person when he goes, he goes quiet? Blake, are you okay? And all of a sudden, you were, you were screaming, and now you're quiet. Yeah, I'm down. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm not a huge video game guy, but zombies, I know, is something where, like, 10 years from now, when, like, the graphics are super, like, dated and just, you know, kind of... It's not even match up to what's out right now, but you can always go back to zombies and be like, yeah, this is gonna be a fun time. Yeah. You, you can always rely on it. Yeah. Have you, Daniel, have you seen like the new like zombies? Like instead of just getting to the highest round, like there's new objectives of like, you gotta complete all these things while fending off the zombies. It's literally the coolest thing ever. Like, That's why I don't like that. You don't like that? You no, just wanna kill the zombies? I just wanna kill zombies. I wanna be able to find the guns, upgrade guns like old school zombies, and I wanna just keep coming. Keep coming till you kill me. Let so, me post up. You keep coming. Do you like the ray gun? Huh? Oh, yeah. I was literally gonna ask. Is the ray gun still oh, the thing? The one squad, it's the, the most, ray gun. It's the most dangerous gun you can have because it will either be your best friend or you will be screaming at your TV because that gun can screw you over something. It really can. The hack a punched ray gun, dude. Oh, one of the best. I would say going stay on that. Sorry. Yeah, one yeah, more yeah, for it. See, I'm, I was the guy that there's no point for the ray gun. Honestly, you just got to get the HK and the RPK mm -hmm. maxed out. Yeah. Maxed out both just... of those. You have the max rounds, the best case scenario. Everyone had those. Maybe one one thunder gun in the bunch, mm -hmm. maybe. But like ray guns, honestly, for a while, like people didn't know how to use them. So it's like, don't use it. You, right. you can't use it. You don't know how to use it. So stop using it because you always go down. <laughs> Blake. Blake. <laughs> Jared, do you have any more uh, just totally off topic out of this world questions? Oh, I've got so... oh God, I don't even. I don't even. What what type of music do you like? See, I mean, people have asked me that before. I'm terrible at knowing artists. Like, I know song that you play a song. I'll be mm -hmm. like, I know that song. I can probably sing half mm -hmm. of it. And you go, oh, who sings it? Man, sometimes I might be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> kind of like not not knowing people's names, but if you see their face, you're like, yeah, right? I know that person. Yeah. yeah no. I, well, that too. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm exactly that person too. Sometimes. Um, but it's just I, in baseball, we listen to so much music from Latin to country to rap oh, to whoever so takes the mic. Like whoever, yeah. like I'm not that guy who's gonna take the mic and put music on. So I would say I like all music. Mm -hmm. But if I were to like, I feel like I'm moody. Like there's some days I might sit down and listen to like the other day we we're working out and listen to like Green Day and mm -hmm. you know like just like '90s rock and a lot of like you know just kind of popping around, just doing all sorts. Whatever's like kind of yeah. mood, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but like just popping around, like you play a little Blink, and then maybe yeah. one day we're playing a little rap, and then the next day you're playing Kid Rock. You know, just what's your uh, what's your walkout, walkout song? song? I was about to ask that. Uh, so I, I've been really rocking Drake lately, actually. Which Drake? Oh, the, the new Drake? No, no, no. I went, okay. I went. Uh, nice for what, and then going bad. Okay. He's just Mr. Reliable. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like, like McDonald's. Oh, go the he's always the there. Well, I always say too, like pitchers like could have such cool walkouts sometimes because we get ours just to play. Like hitters get five seconds and yeah. you're done so yeah. like i also like picking a song that like either hypes Let up the boys like i want to hype up yeah. the boys or i want to hype the crowd up a little bit so right. i don't really play a walkout song for me mr so when people... facilitator dude you're a team guy <laughs> if that's what i've heard oh my gosh uh speaking of like blink 182 like punk rock in houston at 
think Warehouse Live. I think it's like once a month, and I and I went to one. They have a punk rock night, and Good. all it is are some guys set up a DJ booth and just play '90s and early 2000s punk just rock covers, and it's just people headbanging, mosh pitting sometimes, <laughs> and listening to Blink One Two, Fall Out Boy, and all those songs. And it was actually like one of the most fun nights ever. It's just like nostalgic lane. It sounds like a good time. Yeah. I always feel like you you find yourself in a mosh pit. I don't know. Me? Yeah. I always yeah. feel like you're in a mosh pit yeah. for some reason. Uh, but in the least like moshy way of like <laughs> of like I don't want to be here. I need to let, but, I need but, more. but for some what? reason there's a mosh pit going on. What does that, that mean? Tucker will be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I was at a coffee shop and there's a mosh pit. I don't know. Like, it's just, there's always a mosh pit the where, one where this comes, guy goes. The one that comes to my mind was that ACL. Yes, this is what I'm limits. referring to. Never yeah. been. Really? Right. Well, yeah, just never been able to go. Don't go while you're playing because you might find yourself in the middle of a mosh pit. And that's right. not an injury that you want to walk out of. Okay. Uh, okay. But it was ASAP Ferg. Yes. And what's his, uh, see, I don't even know the song name. What? Shaba? Yeah, shot, shot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That came on just a whole, just people like disperse. And I'm just standing in the middle of an empty circle. And so I just back, I start to back up because like, I don't want to be here. This is and not a good place. This is not a good place. So I'm on the rim, but there's one dude, there's one dude and who knows what he just threw in his mouth before this mosh pit. And he's got like burnt orange striped overalls and he's tripping on something, but he's eyeing down everybody on this, on uh, in a circle trying to figure out one person he just wants to go at to start this mosh pit. For some reason, it was me. He just want, he wanted me. Like a I, I shook my head at him. I said, don't do it, dude. Like, <laughs> that's that's what you lost. Don't you do it. You made eye contact. Don't yeah, make eye contact, contact with but the bull. I did, I did, <laughs> I did, he, thank God he wasn't, you know, six plus feet. 230. Yeah, because uh, I'm not a big guy. And, and but I, I did have a little bit on him. You've got a good low center of gravity. Uh, okay, yeah, thank you. Like good and, pad level. Okay, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like a Maurice Jones Drew. Yeah. And <laughs> he looked at me. Mini fridge. He looked at me, and then I'm speaking the bull. He kind of like kicked his foot up. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, Tucker's don't. thinking, I'm in danger. <laughs> I, like my adrenaline, my adrenaline's pumping. He comes at me. He starts running at me. And so like I, like, mine's like I'm in like fight or flight mode right now, and. You know what? I step into it. I lower my shoulder and I put him on the ground, and then the mosh pit. <laughs> so oh my god! That, oh my god! I don't know how. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We talked about punk rock night. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Well, transitioning into the childhood of Daniel Mingden. Grew up in Houston. Were you born somewhere else? Born somewhere else, or were you born here in Houston? Born here in Houston. And family. Parents, siblings, how many? Uh, uh, mom and dad, Joe and Beth. Uh, they just recently moved up to Kingwood. Um, now, you know, the empty nesters got everyone out of the house. Um, older sister, she is, let's see, I'm 27. She's 29. Okay. So she's a biology and math teacher and also teaches cheerleading up and, uh, what's it called? Like North something. A high school up there in Dallas? I can't remember the name. In Dallas? Okay. Yeah, some, a high school up in Dallas. Then there's me, number two, and then... Number three and four, Rachel and Michael, both uh, were twins. Both uh, danced Ooh, for a really long time. My brother is still currently dancing in the uh, Cincinnati Ballet. Um, and then my little sister, Gabrielle, sweet. is dancing in the Oklahoma City Ballet. Uh, my little sister, Rachel, also was in, in the ballet for a really long time, and then they kind of just kicked her out, and she just 
she kind of fell under the uh, the same I guess thing pitchers fall under just like not the right like not the right type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think she, she kind of got pushed out of dance, but she really loved it and she was actually really good too. But but Michael Michael and Gabby are still rolling strong uh, dancing. Their seasons are just like uh, the major league season right now. The Gabby actually just got pushed back another month I think to October. Um, I think Michael, uh, I think they're in the same boat too, um, with just kind of hanging out, waiting. So like, you know, every sports, I guess, you know, sports world and the arts and everything is kind of all sitting back and waiting. But, uh, right. yeah, that's, that's the, that's the Mingdon clan right there. That's why. Okay. So this is crazy. I was actually going to bring that up. I don't know if the whole family, did your parents dance or something or how they no, get into so it? So my dad went to a military school, uh, Marine Military Academy, him and all his brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played football there. He said he just he was pretty athletic, decently fast, but he said nothing crazy. My mom said she played softball in high school, and she said she was nothing crazy. But she said for some reason that all of us kind of they, they put. I was in dance too. I don't know if Cole told you that. I so was I was gonna ask. Yeah, so I was in dance too. There's a, there's a VHS uh, out there. Is that why you have mad velo? Because you're huh? flexible. <laughs> I, well, I think, I mean, we can go into that. And I think flexibility has a lot to do with oh, yeah. oh, okay. so, yeah, stuff was... like that. So, um, but I'm, I mean, I only danced for a year, so I can't really say, oh, well, that helped me. You know, if I dance, <laughs> if I dance every year, I could say that. But I hate when people say, oh, you danced for one year, that helps. But, you know, I danced for a year because my mom, my mom said, everyone else really enjoyed it, so you should try it. I tried it. I had to wear tights. I had to do a jazz, ballet, modern, and tap routine. And I was like, after a year, I was like, mom, I'm out. Wow. I was like, I'm out. How old were, how old were you? I think I was like 11. Maybe. I think you're old enough to like figure out like, okay, like, okay I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm out. I'm going to stick to basketball, soccer, and, you know. <laughs> Being a facilitator. Yeah. I can't facilitate on the dance floor. <laughs> I need I need to pass it somewhere. Okay. Was there anything childhood-wise growing up, and this could be up to high school too, any hardships that you're, that's kind of formed who you are? Anything that comes to mind where you're like, you know, yeah, that was hard, but I'm a better person because of it? I feel like that's kind of a... Tougher question. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. Yeah, we get deep kind of quick. Yeah, no, I'm not. I would just say, I wouldn't say I had too much hardship, me personally, but mm-hmm. I guess I could say I saw how hard my dad worked when I was growing up. That, you know, whatever, uh, I, I had one glove. I don't know how, like when you were growing up, I had yeah. one glove. I had one pair. I had that pair of cleats that was like, hey, that better last you the whole year. Yeah. Like you have a, those cleats have a year, a year life tag on yeah. at least. <laughs> Uh, and I, I had to take care of my own cleats. I, my dad taught me, you know, responsibility to take care of my own gear. I was only given just, you know, the basic stuff. I wasn't given a lot. You know, growing up, I didn't get to play on a lot of the uh, travel ball teams till I got a little older. And even mm-hmm. then, my dad, like most teams that I played for, all paid for me because I, I couldn't afford it growing up. So mainly, I would say, like, I wouldn't say necessarily I was put through hardship. Mainly because my dad made the road for me so good. I was homeschooled. Uh, all of my family was homeschooled. Um, you know, but I said I saw how hard my dad. So my mom took the dancers uh, mostly, and my dad took me to baseball. So you know, my dad would you know always be home at five o'clock, take me to practice. I mean, we you know how, the, how it went. We yeah. drive to the woodlands one day. We drive to you know this city, this city, this city to practice all over the place. So I wouldn't say necessarily I went through anything terribly crazy, mainly because my dad wore that. And my right. dad, I say like, like to me, like my dad means everything to me, and yeah. and he's a you know integral part of my life. That you know, I think he took the brunt of it, and I would say that's being a good dad, yeah. making my road as nice and easy as possible to you know, you know, learn to just get get better, get older, and just you know, life experience, and just be set up to be put in the right direction to hopefully you know make my own right good decisions. 
So I just have to give that to my dad. But I, I wouldn't say I'd necessarily, like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I feel like that's a hard question. So I was kind of divert to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that was perfect. But I would no. say, you know, I yeah. love that answer that was you know, so much. And I'd say, like, my mom, too, like, my mom. So it was my older sister and me were two years apart. And so my mom taught us at first and my twi and the twins at homeschool. So, mm -hmm. but then once Victoria got to be like seventh, eighth grade, she was kind of the smart one in the family. Um, so she kind of taught me. So my mom took the twins under her wing and my aunt and my cousin are the same age as my little sister. So my aunt had Jacob and Gabby in the dining room and my mom was in the kitchen with, you know, say Michael and Rachel and me and Vicky were kind of free reign because she knew we got our stuff done. And, you know, if I needed help, I went to Victoria because she most likely could help me because she, she was just, you know, some of that stuff too was kind of beating my mom. She's like, some of this stuff, like, I'm getting to a point where I can't, like, teach you this because it's hard. It's hard to homeschool. You know, yeah. like, so I give both my parents just, you know, they, I think, took a lot of the, the blunt force of the, a lot of the hardships for us. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't say my siblings understand it yet as much. But I think they will appreciate my parents a lot more once they kind of they're not grow up more. But I think yeah. as you get old, like you know, as you get older, like, our parents always With say, age you, comes you, wise, yeah, you, you you always say like our parents the old adage like, oh, you'll understand when you're older. Yeah, you know, and you're I was like, what does that mean? And finally, like I feel like I don't know how much it hits y'all, but I feel like that hits all the time. Like you're just like, man, like that makes like you're like, huh, okay, and it starts starts checking out. Do everything that you said. So speaking of being the Mr. Facilitator, learning from your parents and like everything they've done for you, it just sounds like you've just kind of taken that from them. Like they, they, they seem like very selfless people and they do anything yeah. for their kids. And like that's, I feel like you've taken that personally. Oh yeah. And you've just spread that. That's Whether it's your friends or your teammates, the, the fans, like you said. Yeah. Wow. I, Thanks for elaborating too. That was uh, incredible. And I'll transition that question to, is there a certain memory from childhood that has stuck to you that like makes you laugh? Maybe it was like a, a car trip with your dad to a, to a game that you, you've never forgotten. Uh, whew, there's, there's a couple car trips I'll never forget just because uh, we, we we'd always, we would road trip if we did go play. I remember one time, so we took a guy's trip, me, my brother, my dad, we're going up to Kansas. So we're driving up to Kansas. And we hit this one stretch where it was like, you know, no, no stops for like 40 miles, you know, get to, you know, those long roads. And so my dad, we were like, Hey, do you need to go to the bathroom? Like, yeah. no, I'm good. Daniel, you gotta go. Nah, I just went, I'm good. Yeah. We're like 20 miles in. So like, we're stuck. He's like, no matter where we go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no matter where we go, we gotta keep moving now. Like we're deep in here. And so, you know, we, we had a few water bottles in the car. <laughs> yeah. So my dad's just like, Hey, be in the cup. You know, my, my brother's my brother's complaining. I gotta go. I'm gonna pee everywhere over yeah. the car. My dad's just like, no, you got it. I say, you pee in the. I'm like, not stopping like, again. You know, I think we're on a one lane freeway, like in the middle of Kansas, like farmland, just as far as the eye can see. So my dad's just like, no, we're not just gonna pull over so you can pee. He's like, just pee in the huge cup. You know, everything's going good for a while. I finally get him calmed down. Starts peeing in the cup, and it gets to the point where I was like, all right, starting to get a little full. Like, you know, piss it off or something. Like, <laughs> gonna say. And then he's just like, what? And then it starts peeing all over the car, no. all over the window, all over the seat, no. just all over the back of the seat. And so for the longest time, it was, it was my dad told us too, it was falls under the, the cliche, don't tell your mom. Yeah. So for the longest time, till we sold the car, we weren't allowed to tell my mom and we didn't tell my mom until oh. we sold the van eventually. And then one day she was like, we kind of all forgot about it. And we told the story again. She was just like, what? We're like, oh yeah, the purple van we had for a while. Oh yeah, Michael peed all over that passenger seat, all oh over. God. all over it and everything I thought it was just 
like little stuff like that. Uh, I mean, one story, one little story from my dad. Um, when I was a little kid, I think I can't remember if I was six or seven. I told him I was like, Dad, I want to be a major league baseball player. And he was just like, you know, typical dad. Okay, you know, you gotta work really hard, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe one day you'll get there. But my dad said for some reason, like he, not that he doubted me, but he was just like, oh, let's see what happens. Like you know, and kind of kept going. He said you just kept going with baseball and you just always wanted to play and you always wanted to be out there. And when I was homeschooled, uh, my neighbors almost thought I was crazy. So I had a t- I, I would literally go back and I'd go get the sports page and I would look at the Astros games and I would literally almost go through each lineup. So say they played like the Cardinals, Cubs, or whatever it was. It was back when they were in the National League. Yeah. And my grandfather's a huge Cubs fan, so I would literally take the newspaper and I would try to like either recreate the game or like just play a game inside of the game itself. And what I would do is I had little like the the, the street was set up perfectly for it. So I had the curb, which was like a round curb, and the bricks came out and then they were kind of pointy. So when I threw this tennis ball, I would throw sliders, curveballs, changeups. I would spin all sorts of stuff and throw it into this curb, and it would bounce off the curb. And I used it as drills. And I would do that just for hours outside. And I literally would like throw it off, it'd bounce off the curb. I mean, I'm full sprint, jumping into the neighbor's yard, full layout. Like, and I was literally just, just constant with this tennis ball off the curb. And I would just literally be like, dive left, dive right, scoop this, field this, block that. And I was just created just a fun game for myself, just, and it was practice. Cause I, I'd be done, I'd get done with school one, two o'clock every day. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be like, all right, well, what do I do here? So I was like, well, I love baseball, the yeah. ball is life. So I was like, yeah. let's go outside. I had a little bounce back net. I would literally angle it. When I'd, I had a decently long backyard, probably mm-hmm. you know, at least 30, 40 feet, so I could play catch with myself for a little bit. But I'd, we had a little bounce back net, play catch with myself. I had a tee, just, you know, just launch homers, dog would run, go get it, bring it back, thank you. That's awesome. Just go back and forth and just kind of just learn to work hard and just play by myself and just try to just keep myself busy and always do stuff. When but, you were, I guess, homeschooled, but when you were there throughout the day, was your mind just like fixed to when school ends, just to like pick up a ball and just go throw? Oh yeah, my mom said every, like said every day, she's like, I literally look forward to playing baseball every day. And I just think it was just my, like, just what I latched onto it, like got me through the day, it's just what I, so what me and my grandfather, back, I can't do it anymore, but I'm telling you, I used to be a stat wizard. So every day, and this was also, you know, I guess this is another cool story, mm-hmm. but so my grandfather and my grandma lived like five streets over. So every single day at lunchtime, go over there, we read the newspaper, we ate a sandwich and had ginger ale, like every single day. It's so cool. <clears throat> And so like little things like that, people say like homeschool must have sucked, like homeschool must have been so boring. I was like, yeah, if you, it, it, it could suck if you sit here all the time and yeah, do nothing. Yeah, do but nothing, like, but you yeah. took full advantage. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, we went on, we took up and down the Buffalo Bayou on bike rides, um, but like, so like, going back, to, we do, uh, we every sport that was in season, my grandfather was diehard Chicago, Bears, Cubs, Blackhawks, like everything. So whatever season it was, that's the underwear and, and socks he was wearing. <laughs> I mean, he was that diehard. So we'd go through and we just we'd just memorize all the stats. Like you could ask me when I was like ten or eleven years old, who's like the number three like ERA in like the and National you. League? I'd be like uh, Greg Max, like two point two six. Like we literally, I did that every day. So we'd go over like even basketball. Like I with Yao Ming. Oh man, I loved Yao Ming. Yao Ming was like got me to love basketball. That's interesting. Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Of all, of all I the love, greats. Like, I, I never really liked basketball, and then the Rockets kind of all started, started playing well, and I went, my, my, my dad had some tickets from his work, and we ended up going to a few games. I never really like watched basketball. It was always baseball, baseball, mm-hmm. baseball, baseball. 
And finally, just watching the Rockets play, and just I was just like, this guy's just unreal. Like it's just nasty. And I started watching the NBA and, and watching basketball. But like my interest in Yao Ming and the Rockets sparked like the rest of my now I love the Rockets. Don't talk bad about James Harden. All right. Don't care what you have to say. He's a great player. Don't get this guy started on NBA. Oh, I'm big, big James <laughs> Harden fan. I think okay. James Harden's the best scorer of all time. Hands down. Super don't hot, at me. Super hot take. Hot take. Best scorer of all time. <laughs> I feel like we're just in childhood and I feel like we could like keep keep going but I'm going to transition to the high school days to West Side High School what was West that transition going from homeschool up to 8th grade and then going to West Side which is not just a little public school yeah, it's a big public school yeah I think we're upwards of you know 2,500 just like I think Lamar's up there too yeah, like 25, 3,000 or more graduating with you know shy of a thousand kids oh yeah every grade yeah um but yeah, no, it was it was different for sure. Um, the first six months of school hit me hard. wasn't doing well in classes. wasn't doing well socially. Did not. I, I literally didn't know how to, like. I mean, it sounds sad, but I, I wasn't the best communicator. Mm-hmm. Like, just it was harder for me. Like baseball, it, it, in a sense, did save me overall and everything. But you know, being the I was I made varsity as a freshman, and no one's done that ever at Westside. Mm-hmm. You know, I was this kid that just showed up, never yeah. played at middle school at Westbriar coming okay. in. So they're like, who's this kid? They probably point. thought you were like pay like your own salary, like fifty k a year to come <laughs> throw ninety six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that was way later, but um, no, yeah. So it was it was different, you know. It was fun, you know. I learned a lot, got picked on a lot, um, but you know, it was just all part of it, all part of growing and you know, learning life. But I, it was it was a tough transition, probably first six eight months. But once I got into baseball, once you know, kind of just started figuring out the daily the routine of you know school and mm-hmm. dealing with it, friends, meeting friends, making friends, stuff like that. But yeah, that was probably the hardest part of it. But once I kind of got over that. Now people say they can't get me to shut up. I went from the socially awkward kid to now they're like, okay, now like, just, this guy won't stop talking ever. I, I no, that's awesome. Yeah. So this is where I'm going to bring up swimming. How? Did you, like, where did Wait, you? Wait, what is this swimming thing? Uh, no, I, so it ended up being, I, 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 I played basketball for a little bit, kind of cut it out, it okay. messed, with, messed with seasons. Yeah. You know, soccer messed with seasons. And then I, I always did the summer swim team in okay. baseball. And it always, like, you know, worked out kind of perfectly. Right. And then high school swimming was, you know, in the fall. Uh, baseball was in the spring. So it kind of went hand in hand. And I was, you know, decent. I was just a freestyler. I did the 50 okay. free, 100 free, and the relays. I told them straight up, I'm just doing this for conditioning. I told our coach, I was like, oh, that, I want to, okay. I want to, like, I'll be competitive and I'll do meets, you know, for the team. But I was like, I'm only doing freestyle i'm not doing backstroke breaststroke butterfly i'm not hurting myself or anything like that i'll i'm just strictly doing freestyle and he was cool with it he you know he knew i wasn't going to go to college swimming like i told him i don't need any help like if you don't need it if you don't want to train me and you want to look at everybody else coach sycamore um i was like i don't he he was a great coach he didn't didn't ever he helped me same as everybody else but i was like i'm not looking for swimming pointers like i'm just doing this because three or four of my friends are swimmers as well yeah. and also like one of my best friends Blake Daniels the same Blake uh, same Blake zombies Blake still down go revive Blake go revive Blake revive him um, yeah so we uh, you know swam together in high school and so I basically just kind of did it for the you know camaraderie of my buddies and you know just staying in shape and it was I'm telling you by the way anything in life I've noticed and I did it a little bit in college swimming all you have to do is swim a little bit for 15, 20 minutes a day, I promise you, you'll, you'll be in shape in like a month or two. Like you don't have to work out hard swimming. So you work every, it's like, it's cliche. You work every muscle in your body, but yeah, I'm telling you, you swimming's do. hard. I don't know if it's swimming not, is it's ridiculous. Not that, it's not easy. Did but, Cole ever tell you that that's what we did all fall at Lamar was swimming? 
Tuesday, Thursdays, or it might have been Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, practice, and then a whole or all of varsity. Uh, because have you ever played at Lamar? Yeah, we did. The, we did meet there all the time. That was one of the uh, so premier places. The, our left center wall was the concrete wall of, of the pool of the natatorium. Yeah. Uh, so we would literally in practice and then varsity would walk through those double doors into the natatorium and we had mandatory hour swimming conditioning whole baseball team and yeah in like the last 10 minutes it'd be 10 minutes of treading water i mean it was so we, we did that sometimes but for me when everyone was like we're going to the pool everyone was just like oh yeah no. and this, this and guy's like, oh, we're olympic going to the pool you have your speedo <laughs> out and oh, stuff <laughs> Okay, go look up. I, I, think, I, I don't. Speed up. I I closed my. I don't have a Facebook anymore, but I think you can still look me up. I think there might be. My buddy was up, someone. Picks. Yeah, there's like one or two on there from when we're like 14, 15, 16. Oh, that's great. Yeah, put, we're gonna put them on the ground. Yeah, that's we've great. Gotta find them. We've got to. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. Okay. Uh, Follow Blake. On. You'll have the pictures too. <laughs> <laughs> moving on a little bit because we do want to get to like the present and talk about that a lot. But one story that comes to mind when in high school, uh, alluding back to when I met you was not, not verbally, not by words, but by throwing a baseball behind my back. And it was a Friday night game, Lamar versus Westside. It was Daniel versus, I want to say, John Williamson on the mound. Really? Yeah, yeah it was. And, and oh, it's I, I might have been hitting like six hole, seven hole, and I was a freshman. No, no, you're lead off this game, I thought. You think? I thought you were. You were a leadoff freshman? I have no idea. In playoffs? Freshman year is this playoffs? No, no, this is not playoffs. Okay, this, okay. this is regular this, season. Yeah, this okay. is in conference. And yeah, it's first pitch in the game, I thought. I can't remember if it was oh. first pitch, or it might have been like a leadoff at bat, just an inning. And, Maybe. And I came up, and the whole week... it was. Like, I know it was the first pitch of the inning. Yes, yes, 100%. And this whole week, it's like, all right, we're playing West Side. I didn't face Velo, you know, hardly at all this whole year. And, you know, I can't even drive yet. But... This is also, you know, we're also hearing Tucker Cascade and this stud. Oh, like, dude, I'm telling you, he freshman. was a legend. Oh, no, I'm what I'm saying. Like, we heard this freshman stud. This guy's like, the. I'm, I'm being serious. Hey, the scouting report on you was like, hey, this up-and-coming freshman, like, he could do some damage. He's solid. You know, don't underestimate him. So, like, I was like, oh, this little Gosh, guy. Dang this it. little guy thinks he's, like, the coolest <laughs> dude ever. I was like, okay. I'm, so, I'm like, telling that, you. Dude. He was so a I'm legend. Like, I'm telling you. Hey, I'm telling you. Your scouting report was pretty. They, they, your ego on the scouting report they was huge. Me up. They hyped they hyped they hyped you they up. really did. Dang it. I see. I never knew that. So honestly, so the scouting report is what got me. So we're sitting there looking at. It, I was like, I was like, how do I get in this guy's head? I was like, literally, I was like, I'm just trying to think of like, how do I get like just this little pitch squeak freshman come in here, thinks he's the shit, <laughs> and you know, I was like, what? I got, I got to make a statement. I got to like just show him like, you know, this is big boy ball here, like or something. <laughs> oh, you know, it's ball. like something. And so I told our catcher, I was like, you know what? I was like, Daniel McCon. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Let's throw behind him. It, all four. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Oh, He's yeah. throwing like oh, yeah. that too. Oh, yeah. he, is. he was like, oh yeah, dude, let's do it. Like so pumped, so pumped, so juiced. And so I was like, yeah. When he gets in the box, I'm just. Literally, I was like, I'm literally gonna throw it. I was like, I'm not gonna. I, that was the goal too. But, yeah. Right, full disclosure. Let me know. Full disclosure. I was like, hey. Daniel, we're gonna throw way behind him. Like I'm not just trying. I'm him. trying to scare the kid. I'm not trying to kill the kid. All right. I'm not that mean. And so. So literally, I step on the box and I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, this dude throws gas. Like I'm about to. This is dude gas. This is like a learning experience this for is me. Flame. This bro. is this is literally a learning experience for me to like take my game to the next level because like I'm gonna have to see dudes like dude. this eventually. I had like the Dontro Willis like mid, huge yes. leg kick. Dude, huge mid nineties. As, okay, you're what, 14? Mid-90s at 14 is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, dude, I was seeing maybe 72, oh. 71. Like, 
That is insane. I think I saw 90 once before this. And so I get in the box. I'm like, here we go. This is what the, the whole week we've been, we've been preparing for this. And 96 behind my back. And I shit my pants. <laughs> and I think I just like looked at the dugout. And like maybe, like oh. this probably didn't happen. But like I maybe looked at the dugout. And like Williamson was like. Your coach is just like, like get yeah, in there. And then I know, I don't know what the pitch sequence was, but I think I saw a fastball, uh, splitter and slider and it was one, two, three, bye. So and I think I did that three times. Did you make contact? Game. Uh, my last at bat, I had an infield single. Oh, yeah. off Daniel. Yeah. Off really? Daniel. Yeah. I mean, what but, pitch? Like, I don't know. It could have been like a, a slider and I freaking capped it up the middle and had an infield single. But I've, I've excelled at that in my career. So, <laughs> but the fun thing is, I think, I think this was playoffs and we, uh, it was at Butler and we had to pull the tarp off the field and I was next to you pulling the tarp and you let me know the, the ball behind my back. You're like, Hey, uh, hope there's no hard feelings about that. You know, just knew you were a little freshman. We just wanted to, to scare you a little bit. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I know, man. Like, no worries, no worries. And then right after that, you go, but I'm not missing this game. <laughs> and I literally, my eyes are like, I, I think I kind of like chuckled. I was like, huh. And you're like, dude, I'm just playing with you. Dude. Don't, don't, I'm not going to hit you. I want to say too, that like, I think I did get a lot closer than I wanted to. And I want to really? say like, hey, no, like, I threw it behind him. Like it was, like, it was high too. It was high. It was, it was like, right, it was like right here. Like, did yeah. um, did the catcher catch it though? No, oh, no, no, no. It, it, it hit straight. the backstop. backstop. And both his backstop, back both his backstop is like a. If you throw it to the backstop, like the runners getting, you like, can score from second. Testing, like, testing the next base. You yes, know, like always. So, yeah, dude, that was that was terrifying. Uh, but then I do want to take this to it like a probably maybe like the highlight of my high school career was also against y'all and this was maybe a playoff game no i was like we were talking length of this morning about it. it was a playoff game it was a playoff game and this is this is what happened we were playing at del mar originally and the lights went off okay the lights cut like off. like during the middle of the game that? cut off and daniel was pitching that game and i don't think he could pitch the next day because you know he just threw four i think we we're like four innings deep and he was throwing all so you can't just take a night off and then go back and pitch the next day Lights go off at Del Mar. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do to continue this game. And, and this was game three. This is game three to go to the fourth round of playoffs. Lights oh. off. Lights go off. Wow. Can't, like third inning, right? Yeah. Like I mean, it was like... Third inning. I'm probably like 65 pitches in. So it's just like no shot. I can get up tomorrow. They, Del Mar can't figure the lights out. So they can't turn them back on. So they're like, okay, we have to pause the game. We go back at 11 in the morning the next day. And we go to Butler. We don't go back to Del Mar. We, we continue the game, and I think Resnick goes on the mound. and Michael Resnick? Michael Resnick goes on the mound, and I think it's like a close game. I think it's like 3-2, 4-3, something like that. We're up by one, and man on third. This is how the game ends. Man yeah. on third. Uh, is it Vanderveer? What's yeah. It? Uh, lefty bat, kind of just like a slap fast, quick. And they have a shift. We have a shift on, kind of. I'm playing more six hole, but I'm I'm crept up a little bit because you can get down the line on the box. And probably to this day, like the best layout I've ever had to my backhand side in the six hole. Short hop, get up, throw like against my body. Matt Luna scoop at first, game over, and we win. We go on the next round. 
Because you were playing like kind of like halfway. Yeah. It wasn't like oh, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't like an infield in, but I remember I no. So play, yeah. it was sick. So literally, if he's standing still, it was one of those really like hit it. And it was just like just to his side, yeah, just, just like there. the instant, just ba bam. Like he yeah. just like just dove, fielded it, stood up, and it was just like once you saw him field it, you were just like, so like, over. He's got like, it. He, yeah. It was like ba bang. It's like one of those really like. And then he throws a laser beam across the diamond. Luna got it, and then they just went nuts, and like the season just like ended. It was just like. So I guess I ended Daniel's career. Yeah, he ended my career. career. Oh no! Yeah, that was easy. Like, so who got the last laugh? I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, and I do want to. This isn't a story about me. And I, you might have been catching. Uh, this is a John Williamson story. I'm mean, gonna need to get John on so he can tell it from his side. And this, this is, is this is playoffs story, too. Dude. I think this is game this one. Is no, game one of playoffs. He walks to the plate. He steps out of the box and he just like yeah. tries to get the crowd going. And, and everybody in the dugout's like, oh, "Are you no. kidding me, John? Yeah. What are you doing?" And we had one coach that, that is old school as heck, and he's like cussing to himself. Yeah. Like, oh, gosh, damn it! What are you doing, Williamson? <laughs> and magically, he. Ropes a double off the wall. Ropes a double over JT Cherry's head in left center field. And we're like, oh my gosh, that was the, the most insane thing. And John probably did something at second base. Oh no, Man. he did. Don't, don't skip it. He did. Oh, yeah, big, he did. There was a big slide, a pop up slide into second base. And then the, let's go! Throw <laughs> so hands up like crazy. We're just like, really? Yeah, oh, like, wow. what do you expect? And then he did it next round, actually. I don't know if you ever heard this. this is my we were playing Brasswood, and he did it again. And we're at U of H playing, and he did it again. And we're like, oh my gosh, he's literally doing the same thing. And this time it was complete opposite. One, two, three, fastball, fastball, fastball. Look, look, look. Strike out. Go back to the dugout. Oh. <laughs> and John, and John, it was like one of those like quiet, like embarrassed yeah. stuff things. You know? He probably came back to the dugout saying it's flat. It's not very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, he's, it, not, he's not that good. Legendary so. story. Okay. All right. Back online. So you commit to U of H first, mm-hmm. and then you switch over to A and M. What happened? Yeah, so you know, uh, I was committed to U of H. It was, uh, I believe, Rainer Noble. Mm-hmm. Man, it wasn't Whitting. No, he came in. This is the switch. Yeah, so okay. Whitting's taking over. It was so Noble's crew. I can't remember who was in Noble's crew at the time, but mm-hmm. so Noble's there and. I commit to them. They kind of gave me an ultimatum early my sophomore year. They come up to me and say, "Hey, you know, here's you know." this offer you have like a week mm-hmm. and for sophomores very substantial offer and so me being not have too much i was like yeah we got to take it my mom's alma mater yeah and my high school coach was the old coach there so it kind of was like a weird yes, like yes. little deal with uh there so commit there and then whatever happens at U of H, they end up firing everybody like clean house mm-hmm. do the whole thing and my dad tells me he's like hey you know i think and we both kind of agree that you might have been weaseled into this first one yeah. you committed to that coaching staff so he said, I'll give you this one day. He's like, you have 24 hours to figure it out. He goes, if you want to decommit, you can call him right now and decommit. But if you don't do it like right now, like this is like days after they fired everybody. He's like, if you don't do it right now, just you're going there still. Like if you want to get out, because yeah. this is the time where like after my junior years when I kind of like took off and stuff yes. like that in district. So that's when I was getting just flooded of recruit. People just calling me, oh, I'm already, I'm already committed. I'm already committed. And I was just like man everyone and their mom's calling right now i'm just like i had no idea like i feel like and so we kind of figured out that yeah. we kind of got maybe a little bamboozled there decommit there open the doors back up again and you know Whitting and i i don't know if he's very fond of me he wasn't very fond we had a nice uh, short phone call um that he ended um but you know he just wasn't Bye. very happy when I, I called him up and i told him i wanted to, i was going to decommit 
he wasn't very happy. I didn't even give him a chance to talk to him or sit down with him. But mm-hmm. I told him, you know, it's just, you know, I'll keep my options open. And I, I still said I would be down to maybe come sit down and talk and renegotiate, yeah. like talk to him and like yeah. stuff like that. But I'm going to be commit. And respectfully, but, like I, but know, the he wasn't very me. fond of that. And we got into a little tiff and didn't end well. And haven't talked to him since. Wow, rip. <laughs> yeah, rip. I mean, so. that's that's a big time. Okay. Being 15, 15 or sixteen yeah. at this time, Soft, sophomore. I think I was sixteen. Yeah, maybe. 16 is, that's that's an intense like. Do, you've got colleges. What do you want to do with your future? Decide today. Yeah. Call this coach. Yeah, they gave me like, I think, call, I think, I think they gave me a week. They, they give me a week to decide the first time too, and just kind of threw this off in my face. So that's why we were like, uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. So A and M, A and M is is the place we're going. Yeah, children's so, call or yeah, no. Talk to talk to Sealy first. Actually, mm-hmm. um, they saw me at camp. Um, I think uh, Sealy said he saw me like catch two or three games, pitch, and then catch like three more games. And he was just like, hey, "Dude, Jared, the life of a two-way." Yeah, bro. don't don't because you played. Don't get me wrong. You played in uh, PG All American game, and you did both. You yeah. pitch and you caught in that game. Mm-hmm. So you do. He's a freak at a catcher. Uh, no, so I mean, I I mean, people. I mean, I don't care if I get some grief for this. I thought I was a really good catcher. I was, you know, unbelievable. No one stole off me, mm-hmm. and I was just like cannon back there. But I literally was the absolute. Just you couldn't get a ball by me. Like, mm-hmm. and I loved catching. And whenever I wasn't he catching, all the time, dude. Like yeah. he would pitch, and then he would also catch you. Like either way, I was like, oh, Daniel's on the mound, and when he wasn't on the mound, it was. Oh, it's catching. Like, we can't do anything either. <laughs> we still can't yeah. do anything. Uh, but, yeah, I, I love just being out on the field and just taking my hacks. Couldn't hit, I can't hit anything with spin, but you throw me a heater, I'll hit it a country mile. <laughs> I've seen it all. Like, I really <laughs> could attest to it. Okay, moving on. I know there's so much to talk about, but we still haven't even gotten to college. A&M, what was that transition again? Going from high school ball, where you, you know, dominated, and then you get to A&M, which is an unbelievable baseball school right how was fitting in there uh did you feel like you were ready for that competition or did you kind of have like a thing like i gotta learn to step up again uh because it's you know faster or it's it's just harder competition no i'd say actually that would be the year i got slapped in the face with reality um my freshman year of college um that was when uh coach soldiers told me i couldn't pitch i was the worst pitcher ever and if i didn't learn how to pitch i would be out of here real quick oh and you know, some kids, you know, and that's why I think he might get a bad rap sometimes, but he tells you how it is. He told me I sucked. He told me I couldn't pitch. You got to throw strikes. That fire you up. Yeah. Pissed me off. So I was like, okay, can't pitch for you, huh? I was like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to find a way, but I'll, I'll be a pitcher here. Yeah. And so, no, so before that, um, I was the closer uh, starting freshman year, and I think I go through, say, 10 appearances, 0-4 with like five blown saves. You know, I, I went in there with the same mentality that I could just blow guys away. Yeah, right. And, yeah. you know, just same stuff. But, you know, guys just started teeing off on me, just trying to just just grew stuff in there. And it mm-hmm. wasn't the same like high school where there's one or two hitters and the rest of the guys like don't know how to hold bat. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a huge slap in the face. I ended up getting, I think, all three losses or two of the three in our series against Cal State. And this was like one of the ones that really hurt. Mm-hmm. So I think I come in to close the Friday night game, blow it, we lose. Saturday, we play that game. I, I'm in the game, same type of scenario. We get rained out. Childress asked me, can I go in the morning? And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And literally pitched that morning, blew that game. We lost. And then the last game, I'm pretty sure I came in again, I think. 
and I threw another inning, and I think I got the loss. And I got all three losses, all three blown saves. And that's when he told me I sucked and I couldn't pitch. Wow. Because I couldn't get ahead oh and all God. this stuff. Do you think you were leading the country in losses? and Like I mean, blown saves? Or... No, I, I think I'm pretty sure that was like 0-4, oh 3 or four blown, three to and 5 like blown saves. And like, oh yeah, like first first 10, 15 appearances. Lost the closing wow. job. Yeah, like, what, do you, what do you do? Like you, what, you have Monday off and then what, Tuesday we're back at it. Like how do you recover? Like what's in your head? What's going on in your head? Like okay, I, I gotta put this behind me. Yeah, keep moving. That's baseball. Keep moving. But I mean, after that that game, you know, he told me that, and I didn't see the field again till, uh, I mean, probably months. Wow. Till I got a Tuesday. Wow. I think I got a Tuesday. It was like the last four weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. I started against Texas State, got my first win. Then I pitched against TCU. I won that game. Pitched another Tuesday and got the win. And then actually, I pitched the first game of Big Twelve and got the win there too. Like he tried. Like I was. Dude. I was on. A, like I went from. He went from. You know, telling me I'm the worst pitcher ever to I flipped it and I'm starting Big Twelve game one. And this is when AM was in the Big Twelve. Yeah, last year. Ask my that. freshman year. Yeah. My freshman year was the last year of the Big Twelve. And yeah. then so you switched to the SEC that next year. Yeah. That's completely so out So literally, the right. SEC Big Twelve jump at the time—I don't know where it is now—but when we came from the Big Twelve to the SEC, man, that was literally outmatched, say, outmatched, completely outmatched. The SEC was big boy ball. Like, yeah, we thought we were like a big team. Yeah. We were now scrawny compared to these Mississippi State, these Alabamas, these Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and they Vanderbilt yeah. that had the studs that all threw a hundred. And it was just like we walked we walked into the SEC not knowing what we were getting into. Wow. Did, did, you, did your coach even know like what y'all are getting into? You well, think? we I, I think he did. Okay. And but, but he knew you. But at the same time, it's like hey, this is how we, we get like, better. I would say we, we kind of got tossed around here and there. We ran yeah. into some of the, the big teams that just slapped us around for for a while until we kind of right. figured it out. But I mean, we held our own. We were scrappy. I mean. We weren't very good in college. I'd say for the three years I was there, like we couldn't really like we were we had hitters, but we never showed up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, our pitching was always above average, and we had a couple injuries. And just you know, like our my junior year with Langford and our sophomore year too, it was basically hope me. I win Friday. Parker Ray. Hope, like we had our starters like had to go deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was one of those things where like I had to go deep, and then hopefully we hand it to Jester, and Jester closes That's it. That's tough as a pitcher then, knowing that too. Like, gosh, well, that's what like, the, when, it was it. like when we got the crunch time, like toward the end of the year when we figured out it was just kind of like mm-hmm. that's you where figure it was. Out your staff you figure out who the staff is. It basically came down to like I think it was my junior year. We had like five. We were rolling like five, six guy every weekend. That's it. It was like me nine eight with the jester. Yeah. You hope Ray goes seven eight with the jester, or maybe like a, a lefty in there, a specialist. And Sunday, it's like, hey, it's the kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, we get a Scratch big lead. It out. No, it's yeah. like to get a big lead than the rest of the bats guys. Bats need to show up on Sunday. No, I, hey, it was literally bats better show up on Sunday. For so me. you, and we've talked about how you just man of many talents, pitching, DHing, played outfield too, son. So when you didn't pitch or say like you had your start or you're like a Saturday guy, were you playing the field or DHing in the lineup? Yeah, so if days? I was starting so if I'm starting Friday, I would DH Saturday, Sunday, maybe play Sunday how I felt, and then Tuesday would be a DH because I pitched Friday most likely. Okay. And then if I threw on Saturday, it was a DH Friday. Um, pitch Saturday and then it was a DH Sunday and then Tuesday was kind of just how I felt. Right. And whatever the team kind of, whatever way you kind of needed it for the day. But one of my favorite things was that Childress always did that. Every time I pitched on, well, uh, say Friday or Saturday, I'm DH1. So DH slash one. So when I get taken out of the game as a pitcher, I'm still the DH. Oh, sweet. 
So that's why I always loved about what, what we did there is I was I was I was the DH one. So no matter what, if I got pulled in like the fifth or sixth, yeah. I'm still in there as the DH technically. Dude. And they would use that as the I would be basically now the the switch the situational pick. If yeah. I needed to be pinch hit four, they put the lefty in because now it's a DH, so yeah. you don't ruin anything. So exactly. it ended up working like the perfect ways for both you know me staying in to hit because it's cool to stay in and hit after I say I sucked and only threw three innings. Yeah. I still get to stay in the rest of the game and still hit. When you're hitting the same game you're pitching, did that help you on the mound? Because, you know, thinking of two different things, like, or or did you hit well those games that you're pitching because, like, you're thinking so much about pitching that you're just up there, you know, not even thinking about hitting? So it's funny you say that. So no one's asked me this question, but I don't know what it was, I, and I've never looked at it, but every game I hit while I pitched – I had no control of my body in the batter's box. I don't know what it was of like being so amped on the mound, I think it is. Like yeah. I was so juiced the whole time pitching and like the energy I had to bring and how max effort I was. When I got in the box, I was kind of like a leg kick calmer hitter, but I'm saying like I would be like everything I did was felt so rushed as a hitter. Yeah. And I was just like, man, like I'm I'm not chasing those lately. And like I'm just so amped right now. I'm just like <laughs> like so like geared up to go. So like it got to the point where I ended up hurting my back uh-huh. uh, and I didn't hit my junior year. Um, but still, I was. I even got to the point where there were some games where I told coach, I was like, "Hey, just you probably put it, shouldn't even put me in the lineup." Today. Wow! Like, I what I told him was like, "Hey, like, I don't Two know what it, I don't. I don't understand it, but like, I'm not giving you anything at the plate. Like, yeah. I'm useless. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm like out. I'm not like, I'm not really here. Like, there's so much going on in my, like in my body and mind and like feel like pitching. Like, guys would be doing like ninety, like low nineties, and it looked like ninety nine to me. And I was just like, I was so sped up sometimes. I was just like, so I got to the point where. I, um, I was just like, hey, I don't even know if I could hit while I pitched. Do you have any memorable college bombs? Okay, so going off of bombs, I was reading your bio, and I don't know if I put the stat together correctly, but if I'm right, your sophomore year, you had three home runs, and all three of those home runs were leading off the inning. Really? You might not even know that. Yeah, I can get a fact check on that, and I'll hmm. read it. But from what I took from your bio, it seemed like that's what it was. Let's see. Well, while he's searching off yeah, your question, um, so no, so I didn't. So for the while there, I didn't get in that bat that whole time okay. either. So as I became the closer, I was gonna also be the catcher at the time. But because one of our guys got popped, I had to go closer. The starting catcher that was gonna be Troy Stein was gonna be behind me at first. Then he became the starter. But when he he took off, hit well, yeah. caught well, I sucked in the bullpen. I got shafted, lost my job. So I wasn't hitting at all. So I wasn't hitting, doing anything like that, just hitting BPs and everything. So I was basically like group four, just hitting, I'm just hitting nukes. Oh, dude, group four is hey, No, me and Langford. Me and Langford <laughs> were on literally the taxi squad together, like having the time of our lives our freshman year and not playing. And finally we get to a, we're hitting pretty well or we're doing pretty good against Oklahoma State. And we have to win this game. It's one of those games where we have to sweep this series um, or we're probably not going to be yeah. like, we might not make it to the right. to the tournament slash make it to the big tournament. And but they told me they're like, hey, like if we need you, like we're in, we need you to hit a homer, like that's like sick. we're we're down two right now. Like if if uh, if Scotty or Woody gets up, like you're gonna pinch it, and we're gonna need you to try to just, just swing for the fence. We don't care if you yeah. strike out. I'm sitting there, it's like Coach Stilley's telling me, we don't care if you strike out. I want your three best hacks. Okay. He's like, give me all you got. He just like, and, Dude, the and, amount of confidence that gives a hitter when you hear yeah, like a coach sick. just being like, I want you to hack. You're no, like, and, okay. and I th- I honestly think that ended up saving me. So I went up there and I was just like. And uh, I think it was House walked by me. He's like, "Hey, see the heater up and let it ride. Like, just just watch that heater because everyone knows I can't slider. Yeah. Except that didn't read Scotty. 
So I get in there, and I think it was first pitch fastball, ball one. Next pitch, slider in the dirt. I swing through it, look retarded. I'm just like, oh, no. I spun to the ground. I was like, oh, no, Uh, that's not it. I was like, he knows. I was like, no, he knows. Like, I'm done. He knows. Then he goes, uh, I think it was maybe slider again for a ball, 2-1. I was like, okay, okay. You know, just see the heater. But, you know, he's going to throw you slider. There's no way he's throwing you a heater. This guy grooves me a heater, 2-1. I hit this ball... I don't know how far it was, but it felt like the farthest, most pure ball I've ever hit in my entire life. Just absolute scorched it. It hit on top of the nets on the softball fields mm-hmm. in left center and hit that through on homer. We're just going absolutely nuts. Like I'm rounding the bases, just I, I wish there's there's no video of it, which sucks. I'm hooping, hollering, like we get to home plate. I mean, it's just an absolute mosh pit. Like unreal just like we're just screaming like everything's everyone's slapping me everyone's like it was like the probably the most juiced moment Watch ever yeah, and then out of nowhere Childress grabbed me by my jersey and goes go get loose you're going in this game and I was just like oh. he's like get to the bullpen get loose so I'm just like totally freaking out totally just like I mean my heart's at yeah. least 190 yeah. 200 just rolling and I'm just so pumped sprint back so I had to like middle of the game jog to the bullpen all juiced up. I get to the bullpen. I'm literally almost dry heaving, like spitting up. I'm so riled up. Wow. And our, uh, our pitching coach hails. He's like, oh, dude, are you all right, fool? Like, do I need to call Childress? Like, are you going to be able to get back in this game? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm sitting here just like, 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 because I'm so riled up. I just sprint all the way to the bullpen. And now I'm supposed to get loose. I'm throwing, I'm just trying to get loose as fast as I can. Ugh, nightmare inning. I ended up getting the bases loaded, but punching out the side and getting it safe. Oh. Wow, I my heart was palpitating just listening to that story, dude. Yeah. That's amazing. And it, to, it, I don't know how much time we have, but going to the at bats, I ended up getting uh, there was like a two or three minute ejection by the head coach because same really? same story, like fastball away was not a strike. Yeah, I got it. A little white line college strike. He lost it. He was not happy. <laughs> Um, but so yeah, there was an ejection during the middle ejection. of all that. Oh yeah, and I hit a, a lefty squares to bunt. I pull a two seam, hit him in the foot. Never done that before in my entire life. So I was like, sick. Trying to move him over. We got two guys on, nobody out. Sick. All over the Just what I want. And then oh, I wow. get, then I get like one punch out, another punch out, another walk. So it's three walk or two walks, one hit by pitch, and two punch outs. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I ended up punching out the last guy. See, won. you can't you can't listen to that story. Everybody's like, oh, baseball's kind of a boring game. But you can't listen to what you just said and not just absolutely. I'm love pumped baseball. right now talking yeah. about that. That is dude. insane, yeah. dude. Like, are you kidding me? I'm baseball right is freaking awesome, okay, dude. Before we get no other sport is that. We're going to the pros after this, but correct me if I'm if I'm. Dissecting this incorrectly. In 42 games at the plate, including 39 starts, he hit 271 with 19 runs, four doubles, two triples, three home runs, 16 RBIs, and three stolen bases. Tallied a 500 on base percentage when leading off innings, hitting 424 with four walks, one hit by pitch, two doubles, and three home runs. I mean, uh, is that leading off the inning? Yeah. I mean, and it says you had three home runs on the year. Yeah. That, That goes into are you the best? leadoff hitter there never was I mean in high school I bad leadoff do you remember that I bad leadoff junior and senior year yeah I feel like we walked you every time though oh yeah <laughs> no it was because John, so, I mean, John, could... John just tried to junk me to death oh John was knuckleball John... splitter curveball slider drop down <laughs> John in high school and I'm gonna have to ask him this but from the outfield on a crop he was like 96 98 like had an absolute oh, great on the mound 
he was 89 tops and he could not touch 90. But I know in those big games, he's like, I'm trying to hit 90. I'm trying to hit 90. Never could. So that's probably where when you were up, you were just seeing junk, junk, fastball, trying to just above your eyes in the dirt. Yeah. Okay. The Strohs call. Fourth round year after your junior year at A&M. Where were you? Draft party, friends, family. What was the feeling? Yeah, it was just uh, just small little get together with the family. Uh, we knew there could be you know imminent that day, anytime uh, in the second day. So we knew it could be coming at any time. And then finally got the call early fourth round. You know, and it was like the Houston Astros. And I was just like, that's so totally sick. so juiced, so juiced. Hometown team drafted me. Like it was like the coolest thing ever. And then a year and a half later, they traded me. Yeah, yeah. And and so I was quickly gonna transition to that. Your, your minor league stint with the Strohs, you killed it. And I was like, you're like one in the ones with ERA, and then you're in the Casimir trade. And you go to the A's organization, and you keep killing it. And I want to jump into the bigs real quick, but I want to talk about like the minor league grind. Dude, got to hear the Bush or, or, minor or, or league while we're here, like, is there one minor league story that sticks to you to this day where it's just like, yep, minor leagues, the epitome of the minor leagues, or... Just like a good old-fashioned memory from minor. It doesn't even have to be about like the the minor league grind. Just a minor league story. I mean, minor league story. There was a good one. I'll just I'll never I won't name names, but I can't probably name the names. We had one point. It was my rookie year, and I was always like, you know, we were just talking about how we've never really had anything bad going on buses or something like that. Oh, and, knock on wood, man. Oh yeah, we should have. And like it's... that next road trip, um, <clears throat> I can't remember his name. One of our Dominican players was had his stuff at one like one seat. And someone moved his stuff, put it on another chair. Mm-hmm. He like threw a fit, and all of a sudden, like we didn't think it was like nothing really happened. It was more so like one of those like, oh, you moved my stuff. You, someone was kind of but like, kind of mad, but hurt yeah. about it, and we kind of like thought it was nothing of it. We're like, all right, whatever. All of a sudden, he comes back with he comes back with a bat and was full bore ready to like no like wanted to fight him over the seat. And I was just like, this is what bus rides are like. <laughs> I was like, they, like, we're trying to fight with bats and stuff? Like, bat. That is so aggressive. That was rookie ball. That was like fifth, fourth, fifth uh, bus ride, um, I think. I think. <laughs> yeah, fourth. I was like early. And then there's other times where, you know, bus never broke down on me. Thank goodness. I never had a bus break down yeah. on me. You know, the first double A road trip was 14 hours all the way to northwest Arkansas. Ooh. And then to uh, Arkansas after that, two more hours. And then that next trip was all the way back home. So that was my first long grinder of a 28-hour bus ride over a 14-day period. So those are the ones that are just the grindy ones. Were you a uh, find a spot on the floor sleep guy? Or did you... What did you do on the bus rides? Yeah, I was kind of go with the flow, play cards for a little bit, you know, lay down, listen to music, take a nap. You know, trying to sleep off as much as the bus I can. Like, yeah. just sleep up. Like, I just always try to sleep it off. I'm a, I was a big floor guy. I got, I had my pillow, pillow, floor. You know, I can just lay flat. I'm out. Like, you know, put my headphones yeah. in. Just the bus and the white yeah. noise. I'm out. Done. I don't know who I learned this from, but I my senior year college, I bought a kitty float, pool float, and blew it up and threw it on the ground in the back of the bus, and it was like a little air mattress. Wow. So. Okay, that was I, like the little tickets. rectangular ones? Oh, yeah. Just threw oh, it wow. right down in the middle. So it's funny. We had guys, uh, when we did the, the long 14-hour ones, everyone had, like, they'd bring, like, the Tempur-Pedic, like, floor mats, and, like, people would fold, like, blankets on top of blankets <laughs> and, like, make a pallet and make it super soft and stuff like that and make it, like, a sleeper bus. Yeah. So you bring sleeping awesome. bags. The only, the only hard part for me was uh, I was, like, right in front of the bathroom because I would go in the back so of the bus. So you get stepped on and stuff. And so it'd be, like, a... 
like lift up the head so they can open the door yeah. and then I then I could go back. But yeah. okay, so we go. We're with the A's, and you know we make we make the debut. Well, yeah. What was getting the call to, that? Like, like where were you? Down. Where was the call up? Where were you at? Were you like, oh my god, did you know it was coming? Was it random? Um, did they give you any information? No, so I'll, I'll give you the story. So okay, Rick, Rick Rodriguez, our AAA coach, um, you know, I was doing the chart that day. Actually, we're in, we're in Oklahoma City. I'm supposed to pitch that next day. Oh, were you at the, the Oklahoma City Dodgers? Dodgers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's an Bricktown. awesome park. Yeah, Bricktown. Bricktown. That's Bricktown. an awesome park. So you were there doing the chart? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm, I'm up there doing the chart. I end up finishing the chart. Day's normal. Everything's done. Give it to Ricky Rod. He goes through it and then he throws a fit. He's just like, if you ever mess up the chart, every mess up like adds up eventually to like a bottle. And it's either well, whatever he wants. You can pay your fine. And so he just starts making a fuss. And I was like, Mandan, come here. Can't believe you messed this up. And it's just like, you know, yelling at me, saying, he's saying other all, all sorts of stuff. And I'm just like sitting there like, no, I know I didn't. Like, and we go back and forth and like jar each other. And he's just like, you know, you can't be messing that up. I can't, I can't believe you're doing that. Like little things matter. Like, like you just gotta be better than that because you know what sucks is just like, you're never gonna have to do that again. And I was just like, what? He goes, well, you're never gonna do the chart again because you're going to the big leagues and you're pinching in season on Saturday. And so I was sitting insane. there and like- Do you think I, it was so, a joke? No, yeah, so manager's sitting straight in front of me, Ricky Rod's standing, and I always thought that the, the, the presentation already was throwing me off. Yeah. Like, what, what's going on? I'm right in front of our manager, uh, Scar. I'm talking to Ricky Rod. He's blasting me in front of him like, okay, I know I didn't mess up this chart. I yeah. know I didn't. Like, and he literally was just like, yeah, you're going to pitch in the big leagues. And I looked at, like, I looked at our manager and he was like, yeah, you're going. And I was just like, Chills, I, I, my, I was Holy I called my parents instantly and I was just like, hey, you know, hope you're not doing anything this weekend. I'm pitching in Cincinnati on Saturday, and like they were, you know, crazy. Uh, they just my mom starts crying and my dad's just absolutely juiced throughout the wazoo, and you know, um, couple uh, my high school uh, Freddie Villalobos uh, was our shortstop my freshman year. Um, uh, Corey Maltz, he came out. Oh, man, I think it was just both of them. I'm leaving anybody out, I'm sorry. My parents came, and my, uh, you know, uh, my fiance got to come, my older sister got to come. So it was super cool. Uh, just that game was awesome. You know, the first, I mean, it was weird. So like warming up, everything's fine. I get some heckles about the mustache, of course. Yeah, obviously. obviously. You're probably, you've been there. I was gonna ask you oh, about yeah. the stash. I, I mean, people try to get, like they think it's easy to like just, just well, I wouldn't have this on my face if it, if it got to me, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I don't like that's what people say like, oh, it's just, it's that big of a deal. It's like, no, I don't really care about it. Like people think it's like this huge deal. It's, like, it's a mustache. That's it. Yeah. Like, what's so? It's it's like it's a mustache. Like it's, people try to act like it's it's, it's like it's something else. Like, chill. Yeah. Um, but no, so like people yelling at me from like the the top thing at Cincy, typical hecklers, nothing mm -hmm. like that. I'm like, all right, you know, thank goodness there's something fancier. Not getting that <laughs> that's awesome. Like, not getting two grills isn't that bad. Blistering heat, like felt like 105. I'm dripping sweat. Um, and I go 3 0 to uh, Zach Cozart to start the game. I'm just, I'm so I never like got it, but like my left, my right leg was like kind of twitching. I'm just like, stop, you're not nervous, you're not nervous, like calm down. I was like, you're fine. I'm just kind of twitching. I go 3 0. I'm just like, you're, you're three, you're gonna get pulled in first. Like, you, you suck. I was like, come on, like lock it in. Like, this is the big leagues. And I climb all the way back, I end up punching him out somehow, and I was like, don't know what happened. Let's, let's just move on to the next guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, dude, dude, I got the chills. Like, wow, what, what's dude. up with you in these situations? Like, just going off that home run at AM, going from like hyped up and then to like a completely different like mindset, literally from like 
messing up the book, being confused, and then it switches to you go to the big leagues. Yeah. Like these situations where where your head's just like getting tossed and you're like, okay, what is going on? Right yeah, now? I know. So what was the first day like when you showed up to Cincinnati? It was there like what was it like starting a big league game like yeah, debut? I, I was told myself I was like just try to get your hundred pitches, put us in a good situation mm-hmm. to win. You know, like I was just like. You know, because that was the year we had like six or seven starters go down, mm-hmm. and so it was almost like I was I was like I forced my way up in a sense. Like right. we were I, we were running out of arms, and like mm-hmm. I, you know, I was throwing well in AAA, and it, I got called up and everything. Just we had a ton of injuries, and I knew like my time wasn't gonna be very. I was like, hey, like these guys are gonna be coming back here soon. Like unless you make an impact, like right. you're probably gonna be sent right back down. So I knew I had to kind of grind it out. And I was like, I know I'm just you know. I'm just going to try to do what I can do, try to learn what I can learn from these guys. And, you know, when I first got called up, we had Rich Hill. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys. Uh, Ryan Madsen, loved him. He's mm-hmm. great. And the first time I met Ryan Madsen, too, walking in Cincinnati, he had like ste- he has, he's like super weird in the STEM machines and everything. He had like this patch on his forehead. He's shirtless, patch here, patch here, <laughs> patches all over his legs. And he's literally like cords hooked up to a machine right here. And he just goes, hey, Ryan Madsen, that's nice <laughs> And I sits back down. I'm just like, okay. I was literally like, gonna ask, like, like going into strange the big leaders. First time, like, oh no, it was just like it was just you know seeing all these certain faces. Like I know who they yeah. are, like you know, stuff like that. I was like it was just weird. And, like you know, we had Billy Butler and some of those older guys that like you played with growing up yeah. and that you know. And so it was just it was just, it was kind of weird, just so real. Like just moving to the next level. And also, my favorite thing about it. But this is what's so weird. So now that hitting doesn't matter to me, I feel like it's. I feel so in control in the box. Like when I'm hitting in the big leagues, like I'm so pumped for it. But like, it's almost like I think I finally like either my body is now fully like taking it in and like is okay with it, mm-hmm. and I'm not as nervous in the moment. But when I'm hitting in the big leagues, I know nothing matters. So I'm just like, just I'll see the heater and just hack. Yeah. You know? First that's step. so. I'm a pitcher too. Like I'm getting a fastball. Saying yeah, no, oh, I well, no, feel well, not nervous in the big leagues is so funny. No, yes. but I mean like I meant like that like. I, I literally feel I felt less nervous hitting in the big leagues against uh, I'm trying to think who I faced like Dan I faced Dan Straley, um, Al Leiter Jr., Alex Wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, the Giants! I can't remember who it was in the Giants. Samarja. Samarja. Yeah. Uh, Samarja's tough, dude. That sinker. Really? Man. Oh yeah, like the Alex Wood. I got I got a single on RBI only stake Woo-hoo-hoo. off Alex Wood. They asked me what only was it. Stake. They, they asked me like, what was that. I was like, I think it was like a two seam down away. It was a dotted cutter down away one two that I just took up the middle. Wow. And what was great about it, and he's, he, I, I told him, I, don't, I hope he watches it. But Lucroy and I were tied for RBIs for like four or five days. So I was just like, I, I, yeah, same RBIs as old Lucroy over here, and it just tore him apart. So do you take BP? Yeah. Uh, you do? Well, no, the so, days, like, so the, the pitcher, it's up to the pitcher. So, like, the day before, you'll hit in the cage a little bit. If you want to hit BP, you come out before everybody. Yeah. Before the first group, you'll hit, you know, one or two rounds. Make sure you get your bunts down. Day of the game, it's fully up to you. I like going out there and just feeling how hot it is. Yeah. Feeling, just, I like being, I like, so you're in the cold all day long, you know, in the locker room. Mm-hmm. I like going outside, moving the body a little bit, and then I'll, I'll hit, like, maybe I'll bunt two rounds. I'll hit probably two rounds just to make sure my like my body's still yeah. you know, loose. So I still want to be able to you know swing the bat a little bit. I just don't like hitting the cage. I like seeing a live arm. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, and then who doesn't want to take BP at Dodger Stadium? Yeah. Oh, dude! Yeah. I mean, so rip some balls. Yeah, I ripped like two or three out uh, to like left center. So I was like, that felt great. <laughs> so I mean, so I mean, I've, I've so like I mean, I love we hit BP at uh, Fenway before we went Ooh. to Philly. So. Did you try to go uh, big monster? No. Oh yeah, we did. Like we, I was like me, Graveman. Yeah, me, Graveman, <laughs> and like monster, the other no Bassett. I think it was Cotton. We we're just launching balls. It was That's great. So fun, it was so awesome. We're like just. I was like, yeah, just throwing the wheelhouse in, just launching them over the Green Monsters is just so cool. Speaking of uh, Samarja, that was your first win was it was you and Samarja on the mound. Mm-hmm. It was against the Giants. Take us through that, like just getting your first win, getting under your belt. Was it almost like a relief, saying, okay, like I'm settled in now, like I can do this? I mean, I think it took me like 11 starts or 10 starts to get my first win. I think I went 0 and 7. And I wasn't going bad at all. It's just, uh, I just, and I always like three or four runs, always got the loss, always got the loss. And it was just like, Bob even kept telling me, Bob Melvin, our manager, mm-hmm. he's like, hey man, he keep keep your head up. He goes, you're throwing great. He's awesome. like, you know, you're throwing great for us. You know, Kurt Young, our pitching coach too, was always just like, hey, you know, you're, you're putting together really good outings. You're learning a lot. You know, just stay the course and, you know, a win will show up. Like, yeah. just don't expect it. Like, because I think the two games before that, I went, I think, seven shutout against the Tigers. But that was the same game. Colby Lewis almost threw a no hitter against us. Oh yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. So and then like another game, same scenario. Like the guy had a no hitter through six. I gave up two or three runs. I got the loss. It's like I, so I was throwing decently well, and I, I was getting my feet under yeah. me. And then finally that Giants game, it just I was just grooving from the start, first inning, um, and then just started. Like, I was just dotting my fastball down. I was like, ooh, this is a good day so far. And just it just kind of everything was going well that day. Was locating everything. Uh, I think even I think Smo made a diving play in center. I mean the defense was great. I mean yeah, having Chapman Olsen just yeah. it's not fair. Dudes, have yeah. you played catch with Chapman? Oh yeah. Wait, what's it like? Hold on. Huh? I mean he got the mound for us when we played on uh, Team USA. And he was like ninety five, ninety nine. Yeah, can't. What, like, does are he... you think which Chapman are you thinking of? Matt. Oh, Chapman. it's Matt. Chapman. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, knew, I, knew. I, was, I was like, wait, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean dude, that cool, but it, it, I mean, dude, <laughs> 99 is cool. Don't yeah. get me wrong. If you're in the big leagues playing with anybody, oh, yeah. 99 is cool. Holy cow. So talking about other guys, who's your best friend in the big leagues? If I had to pick someone, I'd probably be Matt Olson. Yeah? That's yeah. Sick. Lefty um, Matt. He's got I mean, I'd say Matt Olson or Paul Blackburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say one pitcher, one position guy. I mean, me, me and Olson have been roommates now for spring training in the year for the past four years. So. Oh. So we all know so, each other. So yeah, we know each other, um, and it's kind of one of those things where we talk after games. Like we'll analyze, and like we have a good relationship. Where I'll ask him straight up. Yeah. Hey, if there's any dumb pitches I threw, I want to know why you thought it was dumb, and I want your explanation. I'm I want I'm opening to hear why you thought I shouldn't have ex- or I shouldn't have done this pitch to this certain guy. Yeah. And then he'll I'll ask. Hey, any dumb pitches today? And some games it's like no, I thought it was all pretty good. You know. Maybe like what was this fastball to this guy? What was in your yeah. mind? Like, and so like I like picking his brain because as a catcher too, I wasn't just focused on the pitcher. When I was catching, I'm watching the hitter, watching the yeah. tendencies, and as I'm pitching too, I'm still trying to decipher you yeah. as you 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 know give me your like show me yourself that at bat. I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to do and how you're reacting to my stuff. Um, so I think it's just one of those things where we built that really good relationship, living with each other, and then now understanding the game and stuff like that. So I'd say Olsen when it comes to that. And then also, same thing, Blackburn. We were stuck together yeah. last year a lot in AAA, and we've been together now for like three and a half years, figuring out each other. We've been throwing partners every day for those, that time period, just trying to make ourselves better. And, you know, that's why I think we're just really good at, you know, pushing each other. It's yeah. not like, I'm not that like, oh yeah, it's going to be okay. Like, dude, <laughs> yeah. I'll literally, yeah. no, like, I, we have, I, even with Manaya, like, I will talk about it too, is like, I'll literally tell him straight up there was a game where Manaya came off the mound, and I was like, dude, 
what are you doing? You're pitching soft right now. Like, get it. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're throwing nothing with like intent. Like, th- get behind it. Like, third inning of the game. And it's just like, get, not like get in yeah. his face, but it's like, dude, like, let's show up. Yeah. Like, blow. Like, dude. And it's like saying, like, Black, like, he even came to me, like, dude, trust your heater. Like, what yeah. are you doing? You're throwing so many sliders, falling yeah. behind. Throw, trust your, like, he gets in my face, he goes, trust your heater, man. Throw your freaking heater. That's, and like, it's just like, it's one of those things like, oh. throw the heater, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's the best thing, too, is when, when you can be your friend can just like show up in your face and just be like because you know it's out of the nature because they like, believe in you yeah, yeah. they're hey, like I know dude, what you you're capable do of doing yeah. Yeah. Like, trust so it much, do this and I know what you can do and sometimes like you don't sometimes you just like forget what like, your your tendencies like what, what works best for you and so oh, that, that I love like when someone's like accountable like that and they can go yeah, up to you yeah. and be like just like set you straight real quick gosh I love that okay so wait what are you about to ask who the funniest guy in the clubhouse is go for it I'll ask my question next I mean, we have we have characters. I mean, I would say he's not there anymore. Josh Fegley was great. Uh, Mark Hanna, he's exceptional. He's something else. We, that's one thing about the A's, though, is like we have, how can you say it? Everyone is just, it's a bunch of just misfits. Yeah. That just you threw together in a, in, a, in a bowl, and we love the game of baseball. We all play the game the same way and have the same vision. We love each other, and we're just there to dominate. Yeah. And it just, we've gelled over the past couple of years. Uh, kind of, what was the question again? Sorry. Just the funniest guy. Funniest guy, funniest or like guy. a funny thing that happened. Like, have you ever, I'm have you ever? To, I mean, like, oh. like everyone, like there's spurts of, it's just like, there's spurts of laugh. Like there's always, it's like, yeah, there's ringleaders. I mean, like, Chap- yeah. like Chapman's always dropping. Like everyone's, it's al- it's almost like it's a collective group, but yeah, you have your funnier guys. But I mean, we got so many guys on any given day that you can be like, I mean, just, we're all dying <laughs> laughing. Just the situation that happens, it's just, I mean, if I had, I'm sorry, I can't like really. Have you no, ever shaving cream somebody slashed been shaving cream? You know when you're or the bucket, um, like the. Oh yeah, I've been part. I, I hit my, when uh, like Maya threw his no hitter. Oh, okay. uh, I got a pie him in the face. That was. Cool. That's awesome. I pied Olsen in the face once we hit a, a walk off homer. I told him he was gonna do it. Um, so did they have the pie ready? No, or do you we, have to go? We get spread it? upstairs. You spread, we go spread get upstairs, it real get quick. A paper plate, and then and they do it. Oh yeah. No, oh, that's so sick. Yeah. Uh, I think I got no. So when I when I uh, I think I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think I help. I, I, I it just kind of depends on like what situation is who started that day. Like mm-hmm. you know, if I started, I'm up in the clubhouse probably in my shorts shirt doing my arm care. Yeah. But if I'm like on the bench that day and someone has to walk off home, or it might be me. Like, go get like, the pie. It's, it's, someone's like, oh, you go with the pie. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> and you just sprint in and get the pie and just do it, or just dump the coolers on them. Or what, yeah, dumping the cooler is that? Have you been cooler dumped yet? Uh, no, I've never been cooler dumped. We usually cooler dump only for like walk offs and stuff. Okay. So usually, uh, you know, pitchers don't like get the cooler dump. Yeah. But yeah, Dude, I mean. I have, I have so, there's so many other questions that we haven't and like you're gonna have to be a reoccurring guest at some point so we can hit everything but we've got like 10-15 minutes left and I kind of wanted to get into oh, pull up some a, old some old tweets great segment uh, that we have we just like to see how you how you respond but Hello. this one's pretty this one's pretty good um, at Alex Bladen Daniel Mingan's white stance looks like a guy who's trying to unstick his scrotum from his thigh without resorting to putting his hand down there thoughts i mean hey i mean that's that's i've never heard that one actually it's interesting um okay moving on yeah no it's speechless yeah that was a little out there yeah that was out next there. one there's a lot hashim horn this daniel mingnan for oakland is a cartoon character oh well 
I like that one. I don't I mean, think that one hurts. That was, a, I mean, no, I'll hurt. take that. No, that's cool. cartoon. I mean, hey, I, I love Bugs Bunny and all that, all that stuff. I can be a cartoon character. <laughs> are you kidding me? Cool. All right, this one uh, at Manprin. Can that be it for Daniel Mignan in an A's uniform forever, please? Oh, that one. Hey, I mean, <laughs> that was in 2019 in July. I don't know what happened. 2019 July. Uh, I mean, I probably wasn't throwing that well, but I mean, hey. Sorry about it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You know, sorry if I lost you a game, but, you know, I'll so, try to do better for so you. So this one's on the same date. Daniel Mingden would get rocked in high school baseball. <laughs> I mean, you can attest to that. Uh, yeah, no, it, Daniel was good in high school and yeah, I don't know. wasn't afraid to throw it at you. So maybe you get rocked. Next time I won't miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time. Wide-eyed tuck. <laughs> All right, so changing it up. Still another tweet, though. This is a tweet, but Daniel Mingden is, in all caps, the GOAT. Yeah. What, what's his name? Uh, this is, I don't, I think it's one of those guys that makes like an, but it says, at I, I EVP, like He's nice. EVP <laughs> GOAT. Um, oh, but the account's name is, every MLB and NFL players are the GOAT. <laughs> wow, Tuck, you fool, Tucker. I mean, I'll take the small credit, I guess, but. Tucker. Wow! Oh gosh. Um, Tucker, let's hit the let's hit the headline one. The do, headline one. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, which, you I'll, I'll do the headline. You one. Okay, 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 okay. Um, here we go. It says, um, "Et Suzanne Slusser, Slusser, Slusser," <laughs> says Daniel Mingnan played a pivotal role in rescuing. Frightened puppies from a storm drain in Houston. Which is this dog? That's her. No. That's Pippa. Yes. Look, yeah. this is Pippa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, who threw the mustache on Pippa? Susan. Mustache on the dog. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Little Pippa. I had no idea. This is great. Two hundred likes on this. Oh really? Yeah. Is that interesting? Yeah. So that was um. It was like a day before a freeze. I actually got into a car accident that day, and I actually had a total. I told my Beamer oh it was. My I got, it was a small fender bender, but the insurance company ended up totaling it. So, anyways, I'm not in the greatest in the mood. Most wild scenarios. I know. Um, so, coming home from working out, not in the greatest mood. You know, people are all over my all over this street. And there's only one street into where I lived at my buddy's house, and I was like, "Hey guys, can you move out of the way?" They're like, "No, no, no, we can't. You have to go around." I was like, "No, I can't. I have to go this way. It's the only street in and out of my apartment." Yeah. So eventually I was like, all right, whatever. I get out of the car. I was like, all right, what's all the commotion? They're like, oh, there's these puppies down. Like we've been, we knew there was like 10 or so puppies like in the area. They picked up like six or seven of them. But like we're missing one or two. We yeah. think they fell in these holes. So we're kind of like looking around, but uh, we hear them barking like, but we can't go down there if it's all wet. And like, can you help us? Like, and I was like, I mean, I have my hunting waders. I can just throw them on and like go down there. So I get my waders on, jump down there, had my little headlamp on, got a flashlight. And I just started just howling like a dog. Like, oh. And they would, the, the puppies would literally just howl back. And so I ended up like walking like 500 yards. It was only like maybe it's half, like a foot, grills. half a foot. Like half a foot deep. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like you, what you think of the Houston sewer, like you think it's going to be disgusting and terrible. Like, no, it's clean running water, like mm-hmm. some trash, some roaches, some rats, but nothing out of the ordinary, like bad. So I walk, I'm just howling at this dog. And... Um, just finally eventually I get up to them both and I felt so bad because both of these dogs like by the time I get there yeah. they're still also terrorizing humans they're not right. like 
So and uh, so Pippa and uh, I think it's Dash, the other one, are both like yeah. just trying to like you know attack me in a sense. I'm just like sitting there like uh. So I ended up like kind of pinning them down, grabbing them by the back of the neck. So I have this dog just pinned by the back of their neck that's trying to eat me, and I'm like holding it like right here, like on my chest, probably like probably uh, double Lizzie, maybe like okay. maybe like a 15, 20 pounds, so like decently heavy. But like I'm making sure like I have its neck pulled back where it can't turn and bite me or anything. And we put it in the net, hoist it up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, the other one's this way." And I was like, "Geez, oh, they said it was just down the the just down the way, and it was 500 yards. This one's probably just down the way too." <laughs> it was. I had like honestly, I was like, I turned right, and I think I turned left. I had to take another right, so I was just like, "I'm gonna get lost yeah. here." Yeah, in the sewer, the sewer like, dude. I was like, at least I can go straight up, and I'm out. Yeah. But. You know, I'm just doing the same thing, howling, howling. Finally, I get to her, pick her up, walk her all the way back. And like the feet were all cut up from glass and stuff. And so we just pulled them both out. And But the next day was supposed to be our first freeze here in Houston. It was going to be like 26. Mm-hmm. So we ended up pulling them both out of the sewer. And as we're coming up out of the sewer, all of a sudden, like, all these news crews are there. And one guy from ABC was just like... How did they find out? They just saw people on the side of the road. Really? They're That's driving absurd. by and saw people. It's all unfolding. I know. While you're down so, And so this guy, like ABC, came up to me. I was like, hey, like, what's your name? And he came up to me. And I was like, Daniel. He was like, what's your last name? I was like, Daniel Mingdon. He's like, do you play for like the... And, and I was like, yeah. He knew me from like, my name from the Astros and stuff like that. And so he like one, one of the news things like did that and like everyone grabbed onto it and everyone was just like I was like honestly I was like it was just right place right time yeah. and then we were looking to get another dog and my fiance was like oh my gosh we have to keep it you saved her it's a perfect story yeah, so awesome. I was like okay we'll save her and you know now she's right there she's beautiful she's taking a nap right next to us and there's Pippa wow everyone loves a good dog story that's so sick you know yeah. especially when it's a major league athlete yeah and like what are the odds like this dude in waiters and a, and a head like comes out of and it's just like a just an athlete, yeah, you know, yeah. homegrown athlete. Uh, I've got a question that I always love to ask, and people always really like to listen to. But how is facing Mike Trout? I know we talked about this a little bit, but just just from like a kid, it's kind of like a stargazing thing. Like when I'm like growing up, it's like wow, like imagine pitching against Mike Trout, and, and I, you've actually done that. So and I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna add onto that question. Who is your least favorite player to pitch to? So I'll answer that one. It's easy. It's Altuve, just because <laughs> how good he is and how tiny his strike zone is. Like people don't realize his strike zone is so small, and you have to be so perfect. And he swings at anything and everything, and hits anything and everything a country mile. So <laughs> yes. I mean, he just you know he hacks at pitches that are a foot and a half outside to you know down and in by a foot, and he just has this little you know whippy little bat and just yeah. swings at everything and. It's just he's just a hacker, and like those are the worst hitters for my uh, to face. Sometimes those guys that are super handsy and just could just he could put the ball anywhere. Like you mm-hmm. put a heater down and away, and so I'll, I'll poke that to right. Yeah. Oh, you hang a yeah. slider, ah, Homer. Yeah, you know, and it's annoying too. Sometimes. And then and that falls right into Mike Trout. Um, I mean, you can't make a mistake. I mean, the the guys, I think the greatest hitter ever, and he's going to be the greatest hitter ever if right. he can continues the paces on it. Yeah. It's still just unbelievable with what he can do just all around from, you know, he's five, just the best five-tool player ever, I think. Mm-hmm. And you just can't make, I mean, in the big leagues, you can't make mistakes, but to Mike Trout, you can't even think about a mistake. Right. If you That's make when the, you make a mistake is when you start thinking about not making a mistake. Yeah, and just, you have to be not just, per, he's just, He's just that guy that has every tool, and you—it's just you have to—you have to outsmart him, or you have to just keep beating him and beat him up where he's weak. Um, you know, I think a lot of guys have learned over the past couple of years that you know he's just—you know—he's a low ball hitter, clearly. But I mean, yeah. you know, even guys try to get him gas up, and he still is going to knock you out of the park. So I mean, 
you gotta pick your poison with them. I mean, people say you can get them up, you can get them up, you can do this, you can do that to them. But I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta execute. And at the end of the day, facing Mike Trout, I'm pretty sure yeah. no matter what game plan you have, he's in the driver's seat. Well, even when we were talking to Ian Jabot, we asked him like, "What? How do you get Trout out?" And he, and he almost like the same reaction. You just like kind of shaking your head. And, and he did say up and in, but he said, "But that's to a certain extent because." That man's just literally going to adjust. Yeah, he he can make adjustment on the fly. He can, I mean, uh, it's like the little video we showed. Mm-hmm. Uh, never really thrown him a curveball before. Last year, threw him a curveball to get ahead. Tried to put him away with a curveball. Ends up hitting a 420 foot homer. So, you know, it, but if, if you look at the video, I thought for a split second I might have had him slightly fooled. He gets that foot down. He sat there, and then he just absolutely uncorked it. And it's he just, made a split second adjustment. Yeah, yeah. and it's it just he's like he knew it was coming the whole time. Yeah, I mean, you can watch. You can, I mean, you can pull up examples of all hitters, but I mean, he's just hitting balls and scorching balls. He's always making. I just go look at all the balls he hit. Always making hard contact. He's never missing the barrel. He's putting the barrel on it. He's ridiculous. always he's always all over that baseball no matter who you are. Yeah. No matter if you're you know Syndergaard or. Cole, I mean, like, he's still all over you. Like, it's a typical day at the park for him. Yeah, and the way he, he'll take 99 right off the edge. And Dude, that's like, what I... look like it was... That's what I don't get is taking a ball that's this far at 99, this far off the plate, and just being like, this is a ball. I think yeah. you threw, Daniel, you threw him a pitch in that video that was like 93, like maybe like an, not even an inch off the black, took it for a ball. Just takes and it. And it's like... What, it doesn't even it's not even like an offer it's just like ball yeah it's just a mm, no didn't want it yeah it's ridiculous even in the ball it. that you got him on that high pitch that wasn't a strike but was called a strike you could tell he like, also knew it was a ball he knew immediately he knew exactly like, it was a strike. ball that's yeah. not a strike Jared do you have Goodness, any dude. well I have so many other questions I mean, and that's uh, why we're gonna have to do another episode do down it. the road that's fine but we'll have to Jared, do you have a, any other wrap there's, up questions I mean there's so much dude oh my god Jared's mind is blown. Yeah, He's going to be I've, talking about this so much dude, after we he walks out the door. We might have like a weekly phone call that I can just <laughs> freaking learn about baseball, dude. I've learned a lot. I, I, like, there's two... I don't even know. I'm just kind of going from the heart. But the way that you are... Um, it's fascinating to me the way that you like approach the game because there's so many different ways to approach the game you know like there's like the analytical I see, feel like you're super analytical and that's super cool there's the super laid back there's the kind of oh like this but so I've just been learning a lot about just the difference of how you can approach the game of baseball yeah bring so your, super bring your notepad next literally time. I bring need my notepad <laughs> you'll probably listen back so Jared's a big quote guy okay and anything that like he thinks is like inspiring or just like great advice or just funny he's got a notes page in his phone that dates back to like since he was like nine years old really <laughs> no so i'd say it. no I'm sure he'll something like that's cool though start typing I, i've got it like here i'll show you real yeah. quick like, it's right here and um, i think i'm in there at some point literally it's the second thing quotes page and it just starts from all the way up here <laughs> And just just quotes, just quotes. Yeah, I mean, I hope I make that. That'd be kind of cool. Oh, you'll oh, be yeah. on here. For He's sure. gonna listen back to this. And just keeps going. No, that's right. no, that's that's sick. Like, cool. I mean, you could create so much. You you could create like a your own cool little book out of. That. I mean, you can do oh, so much. With yeah, that. Speaking yeah, of, yeah, it's sick. Jared, you could like, let's get together and I'll do the photos. But everybody that has a quote take a headshot, like a portrait picture of them, and we can make like a coffee table book out of it. And it's just their quote under their picture. Dude, like a huge book. And it's just a coffee table, like it's just no- nothing crazy. It's just a book with everybody's face. 
and under their smile or, or, or headshot, it's just in quotations. I have like, some random people. Yeah, some people awkward. that don't even really know me are on this. Like, I mean, it's anywhere from like Kanye West to like my barber or something like I'm that. Serious. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> I would love, like. I think we could definitely do that. But Daniel, thank you for coming on. Yeah. This is the wrap up. This is where you have any shout outs to people, family, teammates. You can uh, facilitate those shout outs to them. And then if there's any updates uh, in your life, um, anything that that's going on in the future that you want to give people a notice about, you can say that here. Other than that, man. No, I'd, I'd just say maybe just a more generic. I wouldn't really say it's kind of broad. I just, you know, shout out to, you know, all my family, all my teammates, and just, you know, everyone who's just, everyone in the, in the whole world right now is going through a lot. Um, you know, just stay the course, keep a keep a level head, uh, you know, keep grinding, keep keep providing for your families, keep, keep, uh, keep your head up, keep moving, and, you know, we'll all get through this, but, you know, I just... You know, just always got to keep your head up and keep moving forward, but you just got to keep a smile on your face. Just yeah. At the end of the day, smile, love your family, love your friends, and make the best out of every moment because, I mean, we, de- we never know what's going to be our last. And I think a lot of people got a nice little shock and a nice little reality check over the past couple of months about just anything. I think, I oh, think yeah. uh, from, you know, the smallest thing to the biggest thing, I think, you know, more time uh, just with ourselves over the past couple of months, I think, is really allowed a lot of people to learn a lot about themselves and I think it's allowed us to see a lot of the issues we have and I just think moving forward if you know if we all collectively are a family like you know we're all brothers and sisters at the end of the day it's just you know treat people like you want to be treated and you know I think at the end of the day we'll all keep moving forward and we'll all keep smiling loving life that is the best sign off I think we can have I'm out nothing else you heard it Daniel Mangan thanks again um, other than that, thank y'all. Love y'all. I was a highway man Along the coach roads I did ride With sword and pistol by my side Many a young maid lost her baubles to my trade Many a soldier shed his lifeblood on my blade The bastards hung me in the Ring of 25, but I am still alive. I was a sailor, I was born upon the tide. With the sea, I did abide. I sailed a schooner.